Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Creative Talk with me, John Santos. And today, we have a special guest. I am excited. Our guest for today is a brand strategist, an author, a speaker, and a coach. So what a powerful combination. <laughs> Let's all welcome Jessica Alexander. Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? <laughs> all good, all good. Thank you. Thank you for spending time to be with us here in this episode. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. All right. Okay. So, um, Jessica, I am excited to know your story because you're, you're, you have this powerful combination, author, speaker, <laughs> a coach, and a brand strategist. I mean, brand strategist alone, being a brand strategist alone is, is a busy, you know, it's a busy expertise. It's so dynamic. It's diverse. And then you have uh, another, another focus, which is coaching, and you're writing, and you're speaking as well. I mean, I'm amazed. First, how how do where do you get the energy to do all these things <laughs> where do you get the power <laughs> well first and foremost i like to give it up to coffee um <laughs> amen to <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> so i want to thank coffee first and foremost but no um I know that it seems like I do a lot, but luckily everything is in the same vein. So a lot of my clientele across all of the things that I do is all in the same industry. So it really doesn't make it too difficult, but I will thank myself for being able to organize and have a little bit of time management because, you know, from where I started to where I am now, there's been so many learning curves and, you know, I'm still learning, still growing. So it's, it's been a great journey so far. Right. I love that. Everyone should be constantly learning. That's the mm -hmm. key element there. We never stop on learning, pushing forward, learning, acquiring a lot of knowledge and, you know, continuously improving ourselves. I like that. Right. I love that. Okay. Now, um, I'm excited. I know our viewers and our listeners are excited to know how you came to be this wonderful wonderful human being, your expertise. <laughs> I mean, I am excited to discover first who influenced you or what influenced you to be in this position right now, to be in this field of expertise about, you know, branding, coaching, writing, and speaking. What happened? Tell us your story, Jessica. All right, so... How much time do you have? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we we have a lot of time. It, it's it's the, the show is focused on you, like what I've said. It's about you. All right. <laughs> well, all right. So everything that is said about me, it's like when you listen to your resume being read back to you and when you're getting these really great intros. I like to take it back to like before there was any business or focus or speaking, because even when it comes to speaking, that's a whole story that 
I would even have to cover separately. So let's just start with before I started working in branding and strategy. And all I'm afraid things. now. I'm afraid now. We we <laughs> might have like part one, part two, part three, and part four of this podcast just to <laughs> summarize your story. <laughs> oh my goodness! I, hopefully, we won't need that many. But um, so. I attended college in Auburn, Alabama. Um, I went to the finest university, Auburn University. We are a huge football school. Um, and by football, I mean American football. And in my time there, I had some experience. I, used, I did an internship with um, Walt Disney World. And I was a campus ambassador for them, doing a lot of their recruiting for their college program throughout my college experience. And I worked with our football department in recruiting. So there's a lot of marketing and doing tours there. So my interest was around um, anything marketing. And I really wanted to work in sports after I finished. So as I was getting ready for graduation, I actually got an interview with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's an NFL team. And I was so excited because, you know, here I am, this college senior getting ready to interview with the Bucks. And I'm just like, get it, girl. But I travel to Tampa. I have my interview. You know, I wear my, my Calvin Klein outfit and my pearls. Yeah. And I thought I was doing it. <laughs> And I just knew that they were going to offer me the job because, I mean, come on now, my resume as a college senior was so extensive. They had to give me the job, right? That's what you call confidence. I, <laughs> right. It's a, a new, a millennial form of confidence. So I was like, I'm going to get this job. So I opened up my email like a couple of weeks after the interview and it was started with, thank you so much for your time. So I already knew that it was a rejection letter <laughs> and I was so mad. And, but I was also, I had a whole bunch of pride. I think that most college seniors, like, you know, when you're in college, you kind of feel like you're invincible and that, you know, just because you have a little bit of experience that you are, you know, that there's no other competition, not recognizing right. that, you know, you're not the only one applying to these positions. So being the type of person who was used to always getting like, you know, I'm somewhat of an overachiever growing up. So I'm like, I'm used to the, like putting my hardest work in and getting the results I want. And I didn't get the job, but I was very prideful. So I was like, well, I'm just going to keep applying to sports positions because that's the industry I want to work in. And I was applying and applying and nothing was working. So it's 2012 at this point, and I'm still working full-time at this point at Olive Garden because I refused to just take any old job. I wasn't trying to be just anyone's account executive. So I'm working at Olive Garden, hustling salad and breadsticks by night, applying for jobs by daytime. And at some point I was just like, okay, I want to feel like I'm doing something a little professional. So I go online and I saw that they were hiring for a car salesman at this Honda car dealership. Yes. Really? Um, and yes. And okay. I apply to the job and I get the job, not knowing that everybody gets the job at this dealership. Oh, yeah. Everyone gets the job. Yeah. yeah. And it was literally like the most miserable four months of my life. Because keep in mind, I'm in this small college town and it's summertime. So all the students are gone. The people in my network, you know, I'm young. I'm in my 20s. We don't have any money for cars. No one's trying to, you know, get a new car. So I don't have a network. So selling cars in the middle of summer in this really small um, college town was difficult. 
I hate it every single moment of it. And I'm I, because I'm not making selling any cars, I'm not getting any commissions. So I'm still working part time at Olive Garden right. as well during this. And it just got to a point where I knew that, like, okay, Jessica, you not that you're too good to work at a car dealership because I don't think anyone is too good for anything, <laughs> but you have more to offer the world than being yeah. in this car dealership for 10 to 12 hours mm -hmm. a day. Right. cold calling people. So I just remember praying in my cubicle. It's like, you know, can I get some purpose in this life? Lord, <laughs> do you hear me? Right. <laughs> Is your child speaking? Come, come listen to your girl. <laughs> so I, um, so I'm just like praying and instantly I just start thinking about things that I want to do. And I go to the supply closet. I get me a legal pad and I still have these legal pads to this day. And I just start writing out all the ideas, but my son, the summary of what I wanted to do is like, I just wanted to create things where people just did not get to a point where they felt kind of like the level of hopelessness I felt during that summer. So I had this great idea. I'm so excited. It's Labor Day weekend, which is pretty popular here in the States. Every was a three day weekend. And we, um, I take off. I quit my job at the car dealership. I just, I'm like, I'm out of here. I packed all my things and I said, it's been real. Goodbye. I'm out. And I go to Atlanta, Georgia, which is like an hour and a half away. That's where all the, the party kids went. Um, and I celebrated with some of my friends. I was like, I quit my job. Right. I'm about to start this business. And then I get back to Alabama a few days later and I start sharing these ideas with a couple of people. And I was immediately hit with, you know, how are you going to do that? Um, are you sure yeah. that's the direction you want to go mm, in? Right. right. Yeah, Those people, know. right. It's not that they're yeah. negative, but you know, they, they, it's either they are being negative or they can, they just can't grasp the magnitude of your vision. And that's normal, right? Right. Mm. So it's like, you're, you're hit with all of that. And then with so many disappointments of that year, like not getting the job I wanted, I started to actually doubt myself as well. So I actually put all these ideas on the back burner. I was still working at Olive Garden and it literally took me from, that was August, September, 2012. Um, July, 2013 was when I finally got a job that I felt like, okay, this is the direction that I want to go in. So I was hired as a market manager for Verizon Wireless to manage all of their sports activations. So I wasn't directly in sports, but I was still working in sports. Right, still really yeah, so I've done all their marketing brand activations in Auburn. So for football, basketball, baseball, just setting up all of their experiential events. And it was amazing. Um, I was able to, in 2014, go with the entire Verizon team to do their experiential activation for Super Bowl. It was just really fun. So I really wow, got Super into Bowl, huh? Oh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Ooh, <laughs> this, this tripod is trying to show you the entire living room. Right. But... Um, <laughs> But no, so um, I'm in, you know, I'm doing experiential marketing. I've worked, so starting in 2013, I was able to start working on these um, event activations with like Verizon. Um, I did a tour with Windows, Samsung, and then like just a lot of the companies I worked with over the past, like from 20, 2012 to 2018. Um, it went from like that, Verizon, Nissan, Columbia Sportswear. So just leading all of these different um, activations that these companies had. And um and then also just another thing, because there's like a thousand layers to the story. So at the end of 2013, I competed for a pageant um, as Black Alabama USA. 
and I won. Yeah, I, I read that. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Uh, it, it, tell me tell me a bit of the, of that story. Like, that's totally contrasting. In the, here you get this uh, corporate woman. And then on the <laughs> other side, you get this, you know, beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> well... The thing about me and pageants is that I actually started in pageants when I was 17 and I competed during college. I, I had a, a pageant title in college. And um, the way that the pageants work is that for certain systems, you there's age caps. So the system that I was competing in, I aged out, even though I was only 24, <laughs> but mm, okay. 24 was the cutoff age for it. Right. And I wanted to compete still, but I just didn't see any where I was able to fit into the age range. And then this pageant came about. And luckily, I was still young enough to compete, even though I was still in my 20s. But um, it was isn't it was a, a great experience. I went on to represent the state at nationals in 2014. I made it to finals. I didn't win, but uh, my sister queens like me. I was Miss Congeniality. Wow. Um, <laughs> so um, so it was a great experience, and that really right. also served as a catalyst. You know, it it really did give me an opportunity to go back to my original business idea I had at the car dealership, which was you know creating programs for girls and women to just really help them with yes. their confidence business yeah. and that evolved because I was mm. able to speak with you know thousands of students right. across the state and just really be able to make an impact in that way but mm -hmm. even with like my work experience my pageant experience I still had a little bit of hesitation with like launching this brand on my own because at the end of the day, me being able to, you know, represent Nissan or to have, you know, do all these different event activations for these brands, you know, they already had the, you know, the brand awareness. They already had the brand loyalty. Like they already had the things right, in place. Right. It's, like it's already out as, sorted out for them, right? Right. And then the work from that I had to do was not as intense because I, you know, I had my specific tasks I had to complete. And that was that. I didn't have to worry about anything else. And at the end of the day, you know, I was still going to get paid regardless of, you know, how many people came to the event activation. Like my job was set. And I think that's also where a lot of people and when it comes to the whole entrepreneur being a creative, like that's sometimes the scary part is like I'm out here on my own, like there's no backup. There sometimes isn't any guarantee. So that was a bit of the hesitation when it came for me launching my brand. But 2016 was a one of those game-changing years for me. Um, went through a some relationship issues and just decided I was just gonna go for it, get my life together. Like, what do I have to lose, Jess? So I um I remember going to Atlanta and I was meeting with one of my friends who's also in branding. And I was talking about how I wanted to host a women's empowerment type of event. And um, he was just like, oh, go for it. And I was like, okay, I will. <laughs> and that's when I started Montgomery Boss Babes Brunch in 2016. I've seen the website. The, <laughs> it's just, you know, powerhouse. Um, it's full of it's full of life. And so I, lo I love that. Thank you for, you know, inspiring people. That's, that's not easy. You know, looking at it, it, it involves a lot of hard work and passion. Yes. I can really see the passion. So good job with that. 
Thank you. Well, the reason I wanted to do the event more than anything was because that summer I had decided, okay, I'm going to go forth. Like I'm going to start this business. You know, I've been talking about it for years and you know how there's that, that one person who's like for the longest time is always like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I was that person because I was like, you know, sharing all these things that I wanted to do, but I really wasn't, you know, taking any bold steps forward or not even out. I would say I would do a little bit here and there, but it wasn't anything consistent. So I was, um, so there was that part. And then I remember um, with that, you know, resolve to move forward with this business idea, I went to some of the like chamber events just to do some networking with some local businesses. And I'll never forget, I met this woman who had this business and she was pretty popular in the city. And I was at this point, I've moved back to Montgomery, Alabama. And um, I just remember like sharing with her all the things that I was like thinking about doing my business. Like I was so excited and, you know, giving all the energy and literally you could see like her eyes glaze over. She had zero interest in anything I was saying. And literally while I was mid sentence, she walked away from the conversation. Wow. Wow. And, you know, Naturally, I was like, I got to go tell her off. But I did not. I kept my composure and was just like, you know what? I know that there are women like me in the city who like have these big ideas. And when it's time for them to engage with people who might have a little bit more popularity in the city or a little bit more experience, they get shut down if they don't, if that person doesn't see Mm. um, any immediate benefit from a relationship or even a conversation with them. And if I didn't have confidence or if I didn't, you know, even just set in my mind that I was going to move forward with my business that year, things like that, you know, that really does shape people's confidence and, you know, makes them second guess themselves all the time. And although every single business idea is not great, you know, I think that people still need an environment where they can go into, where they know they can get resources, where they know they can get authentic relationships. And I mean, authentic relationships, right. not just I'm going to call you when I need something. Yeah. But just like, and you, and more than anything, the support for pe- from people who truly want to see you win, not just like, oh, you know, it's whatever, but like, I want her to win because, right. you know, there's enough opportunity for everyone. And that's what I, and that's why I started the Montgomery Boss Babes Brunch. So that was August, 2016. So mm-hmm. literally like four years after I um, quit the job at the car dealership, that's when I hosted the event and it was amazing. And the women who were at the event were like, when can we do this again? When can we do this again? Yeah. And I did it again in January and then I did it again in June. And um, it, June, this, how does it work? Does, um, do you sell like tickets or is it free for everyone? Like you just drop by to the venue or is it, it is by, not like free. via invitation event? It's not invitation only. It's not free. It is a ticketed event. Um, we have speakers, we have workshops, we have mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. vendors. So right. it is an event where, you you know, it is an investment because it's not just, you know. So it's like a big event. Eat. It's It's an actual, you know, professional big event. Yes. Wow. Um, it is. It's and it's growing, and and um, so I've had the event uh, in twenty sixteen and twenty seventeen, and in twenty seventeen, that was another breakup year. Same guy, but <laughs> <All> <laughs> but <right>. that time, <laughs> 
but and it but the thing is if that um it really did um play a big role in a lot of the things that shifted my mom's just like stop talking about that but and I don't there's like zero issue from me to the former relationship but it just there were so many learning lessons that I've been able to take from that and um even share and empower with other women but more than anything um do you want to hear why it happened yeah, sure, sorry. sure, sure. Okay, so I was dating this guy. And um, long story short, towards the end of the relationship, he rem- I remember him asking me questions about my business. Like, you know, he wow, wasn't necessarily okay. supportive of my business. So it was just right. like, well, what's your, what's your plan B if this just don't work out? Why? Is, is it because that he doesn't understand or he's just against it for some reason? Um, You know what? I did not even delve into all those questions. <laughs> I just remember, um, I just remember like before things completely ended, there were questions like, you know, what's your plan B? What if it doesn't work out? Don't you want something more stable? Uh, and for me, right. I was just like, there isn't a plan B. Like my plan A is being an entrepreneur. Will the path shift? Maybe. Will things change? Will I, you know, have different ventures? Possibly, but I, I'm not going to give up on myself. So the lack of support was there, but eventually towards the the end of the relationship ended with him saying to me was that, you know, I just don't see how we're going to grow Oof. if you're, you know, with your business and I'd much rather you have something stable if we're going to move forward. And, and well, what's you your know, reaction? More, my reaction was, all right, if that's how you feel, I understand but I want to let you know that there will be no coming back to this relationship. There you go. I wish you all the best. (laughs) I wish you all the best. Right. right. And, um, and that was that. And I have been, when I tell you that, and that's why, you know, the reason I talk about that is like, you know, there are people who are in relationships, whether it be, you know, romantic relationship, familial relationship, or even friendships where, you know, this type of like, well, if you don't do this, like, Cause it, it always seemed to me like, you know, if you don't, you know, you need something stable and we're not going to be able to move forward unless that's so like, are you saying that I should quit my business? Right. Right. You know, in order for us to move forward and progress, if that's the case, then, you know, good, goodbye. <laughs> and, 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 and that's important, right? I mean, um, first you need to really make an assessment, um, not just, you know, romantic relationship. You're right friends, colleagues, people around you, maybe clients, you know, there there will be a point that you really need to decide and really make a stand. Which is it got is it A or B? So those are the points in life that you really make a decision, a decision that matters. It could change your life. Because imagine if you, you know, I'm not saying it's a good thing that you didn't follow him, but what if you did follow him? So your life will be altered, right? You may be happy or the other way around. You may be sad. So the the the, the regret in the end is something that, you know, I've read in an article that people that suffers regret the most are the people who were not given a chance first to follow their dream or second they they were in that position to forget the dream and and like what you've said get that um stable job or 
to be in a comfort zone. So by the end, in their deathbed, they're full of regrets. And that's bad. So imagine if you were in that position, um, probably you will be, you may be happy, but there would be pieces in your heart that is longing for that dream. Because I believe, this is only me, I believe that we are created to achieve our goals, our dreams, our vision. We are crafted to be in that position. It may take us so long, but we are created, the intention for us to be successful, to reach that goal, to reach that dream. And life sometimes gets in the way, like in your situation, your story. Um, and, and, I, and I'm happy and you know, my respect to you just, go, just went high because making that decision is not easy. In, in your case, the option is coming from someone that is very dear to you. I mean, that's easy to make if they were like friends. It may hurt, but you know, okay, so I can move on. But in your case, that is someone dear to you. So right. he may not be asking you to make a decision, him or the business, but in some way, it's the same, right? So you need to right. you need to stand. And and what made you decide to push for your dream? Because I believed in myself, and because I saw the results. But and didn't you? But didn't you also saw that it could lead you to be not in good terms with him, or the relationship would suffer if you, you know. Didn't it cross your mind that, hey, yes, I love my business, but I also love this guy. Am I, am um, I losing? No. Well, okay. So I loved myself more than I loved him. And I knew what, and like you're talking about, I believe that everyone has a purpose. And right. I think that when it comes to relationships, you know, I don't think that there should ever be a uh, the person that you're with is not supposed to take you away from your purpose. Yes. They're supposed to push you towards Very it. Very good. And if that person is not pushing you towards it, then maybe that is not a good, you know, a purpose partner for you. And the way that I looked at relationships then is very similar to the way I look at relationships now. Like if I can't support you and you can't support me, then in all aspects of life, then I don't see that being anything fruitful. So at the time I was, you know, and crazy enough, I literally was hosting an event a week after the phone call. So I really didn't even have time, like sit and process it because like I had a speaking engagement, like two days after it, where I was like speaking to like, wow. like 60 women. So I was wow. like, I don't have time to like be sad over this man right now. Like he goes, I'm going to have to cry in a couple of weeks. So I had an event that I was speaking at, um, one of my mentees, she was hosting her first event. And then I had my own event was Boss Babes Brunch a week after. And it was a two day event. So I just, you know, I had a lot going on and I really just did not have time to focus on that. But what I did know was that after the end of that conversation, that there wasn't going to be any more bargaining between like me and him, there was going to be no negotiations. Like mm -hmm. that was that. Mm -hmm. And I was moving forward. Uh, because, you know, in my opinion, like if I have to market myself as a woman or right. as a partner or anything for any type of 
relationship, then that's just not a place where I want to be. So like I said, I wished mm. him the best. And, um, and I was committed to, because, you know, when you, we were together for about two years, but when you end the relationship, you know, I, and the mature Jessica was like, it's time you need to heal, you need to process, you <laughs> right, need to take right. some time and just mm. get back to figuring out who you are, what you want to do and, you know, move forward. Exactly. And things just started moving from there. Like wow. things are moving fast. Right, so, um, right. I was still working in experiential marketing at that point. So I was still working my Nissan, my contract with Nissan and doing their experiential events. Um, but during that time, I started writing my first book, Boss Up, Pursue Your Purpose with Confidence. And it literally, I, part of it was, um, it was based off of an email challenge that I sent to the Women for Boss Babes brunch earlier that year. And I was going to write an ebook for it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to write a full book. How yeah. you <laughs> I would love so, to get a copy of that. Okay, I got you. I got you. You said nothing but a thing. Thank I'll, you. I'll get you a copy. Um, uh, I love the I love the story. And I can see the the influences that you know push you, that fueled you to be where you are right now. Now, I want you to share how or what happened that pushed you to be a brand strategist? I mean, it's clear that you, I can see, I can see clearly the influence that shaped you to be a, an author, which by the way, I will have a, a copy of the book that you wrote. <laughs> a speaker, because you were like, you know, you, you craft events, you speak, you, you're a leader. And, and that's clearly, I can see that. But where is, or what is the story about the brand strategist? And if, so, if I may, if I may throw in there also a combo, how do you become a brand strategist in the first place? Well, my background in branding is really something that really pushed me to that direction. I know I knew that when I first started my company, Operation Evolve, I wanted to focus a lot more on personal and professional development. And I still do that in some shape or form. But in speaking with a lot of the women who have come to the events and who I've spoken with at other events, it was mainly more than anything, just the lack of overall foundation and vision for their companies that they were trying to launch. And it wasn't that they didn't have good ideas. It's just they literally just did not have any strategy whatsoever behind it. And I was just like, okay, um, I think that I should continue to pursue this direction because I know I'll always be able to work with different organizations. And I've, cre I've created different programming and curriculum for schools because I've like, it may sound like all over the place, but my initial passion when it came to starting my business was with like teens, young adults, right. like working with them. Mm. So I knew I'd always be able to find a space to partner with other organizations to, you know, feel that need for me to give back and work with youth because that's just very important to me. But as the level of entrepreneurs grew um, across the states and especially in my, in my home state of Alabama, I knew that there needed to be some sound strategy and someone with experience to actually 
help them along the process. So I work with um, brands that are like less than three years um, of existing because that's where a lot of people kind of lose their way and just start trying different things here and there just because they see, you know, someone on Instagram did an event. So I'm going to do an (laughs) event. Or some right. Instagram started selling T-shirts. Let me sell T-shirts. Yeah. And like there's no strategy behind anything. There's no long-term vision. It's literally like, let me just throw darts at a wall and hope that I hit a bullseye on something. And that's just, it's tiresome and it's ineffective and it can cost you time and money. And no one is trying to lose either of those. Nice, nice. How so do you become, <laughs> then how do you become a, a brand strategist? Um, uh, Let's say your expertise is on a side, all right? So how do you become a brand strategist? I think that literally with a lot of these industries, especially when it comes to business, is that you just make a decision to become it. There's like no course that I specifically took. Like my degree is in business administration. Um, I had a minor in marketing in Spanish, but like, you know, my experience has led me to like exploring like whatever title I wanted to give myself as an entrepreneur, because, you know, nowadays people can give themselves any title that they want. And I'm not saying that you do it if you don't have the experience, even though I've seen some people do it. Yeah. yeah. But in your case, I mean, you were you were fueled, you were trained by your experience. I mean, yes, that's right. Yeah. So I've got about, you know, when it comes to overall branding, branding in general, branding and marketing, my mm. experience is over 13 years. Yes. So, um, and, and if you count some stuff that I've done just on the side, even since I was a teenager, we could go deeper than that. So my experience <laughs> of branding is like, it is my passion for it. My overall passion for it is making sure that people thrive and have a plan of action and understand their industry and understand their market and have, you know, measurable goals in place um, and have measurable strategy in place. Like that's something that is interesting to me. And I just love to see the brands and not only the brands, but the entrepreneurs develop over time as we put these measures in place. Right. What are your basic tips to solidify a brand? You know, basic tips that you can give our listeners and our viewers to solidify, to strengthen their brand, maybe a personal brand or a corporate one. Yes. Yeah, so the first and foremost, I believe, is having some sound market research and understanding your audience. Um, so many people just like, I want to I want to reach everyone. And you can't. And I think that it's really important that you get clear about who your audience is and who you actually want to speak to. But even in doing so, a lot of times we define the market that we want to be in, but that's not the market who is receptive to our product or service. So a lot of people get torn between, well, I really wanted to reach millennials, but I'm getting more baby boomers purchasing my product. So it's like, am I going to keep forcing this on the audience who isn't buying or am I going to nurture the audience who is buying? even though it's not ideal for me. So that's a a question that you have to ask because, you know, I've even seen that if with some of the events that I've hosted, you know, in some markets, I'll get a huge response from millennials, um, the older side of Gen Z. And then there's some markets I go into and I'm like speaking to these people. I'm just like, you know, why am I getting so many inquiries from like baby boomers? Right, right. And it's not like, it's like, you know, I'm not trying to turn you away. Um, but it's just like, you know, I want to understand why. So I need, do I, do I need to shift my marketing or I need to shift the event? And that's something that you have to, to ask yourself. And then more than anything, um, the best tip I have, it, well, actually two more. 
Um, getting cool. feedback from your audience. So not only just, you know, ask, you know, figure out who they are and nurturing them, but getting some feedback from them. I think the most difficult thing, um, even for me, like I, I don't know, I'm like seeing bad feedback. I don't <laughs> like it. Right. But, you know, there have been, you know, one thing that has helped me is that at the end of my events, I have a post-event survey um, where I'm able to not only get the demographics of the people, but I'm also able to see, like, what did you enjoy? What did you not enjoy? Would you return? Right. Would you do this right. again? Yeah. If so, why? If not, mm. why? Mm. And it's really important to get into that. You know, it's like I said, it's really difficult getting feedback that isn't favorable to you. But as a brand you need to understand what it is that the people that you want to serve think so that you can serve them better. And the last thing is just some good old consistency. Um, I think that it's because when you're first starting out, you're not going like there's no overnight success and like going viral is something that no one can predict. Mm. So there are going to be days where you send out a hundred emails or you make 50 phone calls or you slide into a thousand dms and you may get two responses and it's discouraging because you know you have all this passion you know your product or service is great you know that you want to make a difference and nobody's listening to me nobody cares no one's liking my post so it gets discouraging and i've been there that's why i like to speak on it and i don't speak on anything i haven't experienced but it's like right. you know it gets discouraging but you have to literally like I say, have some resolve about yourself and say, no matter what, I'm going to be consistent every single day. And as I've been consistent in all of my brands, I make sure I, I can see the growth. I can see that, okay, I, if I can commit, and this is the thing, because it's going to get discouraging. I always, um, there's a, John, John Maxwell is someone that I follow. Like, Ooh, I always I say, love, like, like, I the, love Maxwell. Yes. I always say I want to be like the female version of yeah. John Maxwell. Like that's like literally my goal of influence in life. And um, he, he, I remember he speaks, speaks about this principle of five. I may right. be mis yeah. like saying it wrong, but, but basically he speaks about like, you know, say you want to chop down this tree in your mm. backyard, you pick up your ex, you swing at it five times and you set the ax down and you go about your day because if you spend all day trying to go out this, you know, go out this tree, put your back out, end up injured, all of that. So what I have adopted or pulled from that principle of five is essentially that if I can focus on five tasks per day, that's going to push me forward, at least do that. And I think that if you can at least get in the rhythm of having some level of consistency in your business, whether it's like my five things that I must do every single day. So I'm going to post to social media. I'll send an email. If you're writing a book, I'm going to write one, one sentence, one chapter. If I'm trying to get new clients, I'm going to make at least five calls per day. I'm going to read one, one business book per month. Like give yourself some measurable goals of things that you can do on a consistent basis, but at least, you know, on a daily basis, I say do at least five things that's going to push you closer to your goals. Wow. Those are powerful, powerful knowledge bombs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I totally agree. And I'm sure our viewers and listeners are amazed and they're ready to go. <laughs> yes, thank you. do it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing your first, your wonderful journey, your story. Um, I believe that it's it's not just about enjoying the output 
the the opinions, the the guidelines, the sharing that comes from mentors like you. But it's also a big value to understand how you became to be the person that you are right now. The stories, people, situations may be good or bad that shape you to be a good leader as you are right now. And I'm amazed. Thank you for sharing your wonderful story. And also, thank you for sharing those wonderful tips, you know, those perspectives, your insights about branding. I mean, it's such an awesome, uh, it's a big help. It's a big help. Um, it, it sounds like basic, but I, when, when I was listening, I was having like, a, I, I'm envisioning a checklist and it's really a big help. If, if I were a businessman, if I were a startup company listening to this podcast, I go grab a pen because I'm an old school, so pen and paper. But if you're, if, if you're, if you're um, you know, in the younger generation, you can download the, the episode and you can just listen to it again and again until you get things right. It's like a guidelines. You gave them tips. Not, I mean, it's not going to be 100%, you know, foolproof. And right. you'll get success right away. But it's a stepping point, right? That, okay, you need to do this. You need to take, you need to analyze that. And I thank you for that. Continue to be a blessing to people. Continue to be a beacon of life. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. So we are here in this part of the episode that we will play a game. Okay. First, Ooh. we start off with your story, and then middle part was like knowledge bomb after knowledge bomb. Here is the part <laughs> that we play a game. The goal of this game is for people, our viewers, our listeners, to see you know, that in spite of you being a leader, a coach, an author, a very busy woman, <laughs> you're, still a, you're still human. You're still a human being that sometimes doesn't know what to say, can, can be silly, and this is the part of the show that we will showcase that, okay? We will be asking you questions. All right. We will be asking you questions that has nothing to do with your expertise, with your uh -oh. background, or with this episode. So it's like random question. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay? So don't, don't spend too much time in thinking what to say. The first thing that comes into your mind, boom, shoot. All right? All right. All right, let's play the creative fast talk. Question number one, love or money? Love. Favorite weather? Spring. Truth or dare? Dare. The beaches or the mountains? Beaches. Passenger or driver? Driver. Ooh. Text or call? Call. What was the weirdest food you ever tried? Octopus. <laughs> wow. Can you, can, you, can you tell a story about it? All right. Was it, so, was it a live octopus? No. No, no, no. But I remember <laughs> I went to this hibachi restaurant. And, ah, that's um, why. Japanese. And everyone was like, you mm. have to try this octopus. And I was just like, okay. Because I was like, you time where I was just like, because in 2018, I was like, I'm going to say yes to everything within reason. Ooh. And I did. <laughs> so wow, I, that's that's scary. 
it was 2018 was a crazy year best year ever but say yes to everything but i will not be trying octopus again anytime soon right okay if you were an animal <laughs> what animal would you be and why and don't say you're an octopus <laughs> <laughs> i would be a lioness queen of the jungle Ooh, okay why As, you know aside from being the queen of the jungle As the lioness, like not only do they take care of the kids and take care of the home, but they also are the hunters as well. And I just, you know, I I just think about modern day women and how powerful they are. And I think that women have always been powerful, but I just like seeing women step into their own in this time has been really incredible to see. So I, I like to see myself as a lioness. <laughs> wow. Okay. When you were a kid, what is something that is always in your bag? Candy, Reese's peanut butter cups to be exact. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. Books or movies? Books. Well, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. For the sake of our viewers and our listeners, who is your favorite author of all time? I will say myself. Jessica C. Alexander. Okay. <laughs> But I love John Maxwell. I think I, he's an yes, incredible yes, author. And yes. I love his books. He's mm. such an incredible leader. There's a follow-up question to that. Um, okay. What is your favorite, what is the favorite book of um, John Maxwell that changed your life? Uh, 24 Laws of I feel like I'm going to mess the book up. It's 25 Laws of Something. Is it the power? Is it of something? Right. I just read it, but it was so good. But don't tell John Maxwell. I can't remember the title of his book. I've read so many John Maxwell. Right, I cannot right. remember the name of all of them. Have you subscribed <laughs> to his podcast? You should. You know, I didn't even know he had a podcast. Oh, come I on. I know. I'm going to share the link to you. I'm going to share the Please link to do. you. It's awesome. It's I used awesome. To, okay. Well, I'm going to listen to it starting today. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last question. If you had the power, if you have the power to bring back someone back from the dead, who would it be and why? Anyone? Anyone. It could be someone you know, or it could be a politician, a historical figure, a hero. You know who anyone. I really would like to bring back? Mm. Um. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because of a lot of the unrest that's been happening in the United States. I would really like to bring back Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Because I feel like there was a direction that he was trying to go in post-civil rights that he wasn't able to take um, a lot of the Black communities to because um, he was assassinated. And I just, yeah. you know, I could go on and on, but there's a lot of progress that I would like to see happening here in the States. And I think that because of his assassination, it really did disrupt a lot of things, a lot of progress that was being made um, in Black communities across the state. So I would love to hear what his plans were and see how they can continue to be implemented into today because we're still facing a lot of issues here. I love that. I love that. And I'm also a fan. Thank you. Thank you for answering those silly questions. Thank you for being such a good sport. Um, Jessica, feel free to promote your social media accounts, any projects, any releases, any events that you, I know that, you know, there's a pandemic, but events online that you have or planning, feel free to promote it. The floor is yours. All right. So 
I would love for everyone listening to go to operationevolve.com. You'll be able to find everything that we have going on. You'll be able to see my book, Boss Up, Pursue Your Purpose with Confidence. You can order that. And although we are not necessarily doing any huge like virtual summits, um, we have continually over the years, even before the pandemic, hosted ongoing workshops, lunch and learns that were um, virtual. So you can find all the information for that upcoming and even recordings there on the website. And as 2021 gets here and we, you know, figure out what the restrictions are going to be as far as live events are concerned, we are hoping to bring Boss Babes Brunch Tour back on the road. And um, we've been shut down this year, but, you know, starting next year, we will be back on the road. Even if we're doing smaller, more um, socially distanced events, we will be back on the road next year. And I just really want you to go to operationevolve.com. That's where you're going to get the updates for everything, every product, every service, every virtual event. You can schedule a consultation there, all the things. And I would love to chat with you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Also, I will say, (laughs) Make sure you check out our socials on Instagram is where you'll be able to find us mainly. You can find me at Jessica C. Alexander and you can find Operation Evolve at Operation Evolve. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jessica. Guys, feel free to send her a DM. I'm sure she will help you. She will guide you. Such a wonderful human being. Thank you so much, Jessica Alexander, for being here in this episode. Again, Thank you for spending the time. I know that you are very busy and we have uh, a big time difference. But again, thank you for spending time and sharing wonderful insights in this episode. Thank you. So guys, thank you for joining us in this wonderful episode. Uh, Feel free to check Jessica, uh, DM her, her events, her book, which I will get for free. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Feel free to check the Creative Talk podcast in Spotify, Apple, iTunes. We have a YouTube channel and send me DMs in Instagram for any releases, guests, and other collaborations. Thank you, guys. And again, Jessica, thank you so much. God bless you. Continue to be a blessing to people and to be a beacon of life. Thank That's you. it, guys. That's it. That's a wonderful episode with a wonderful guest. And I'm Jan Santos. Stay safe. Be safe, you know, have a positive outlook in life, smile, and God bless you. This is The Creative Talk. Peace.